This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on this Tuesday, this cut down day. Across the NFL right now, we're going to bring on our next guest. Very excited to talk to George Reister III, host of Reister or Wrong. He's on Mad Dog Radio, Fox Sports, Unafraid Show. Does a great job covering all different sports, all different elements of the game. And, we, George, we do appreciate your time this afternoon. And uh, before we get into anything, I want to talk to you about this Bishop Sycamore situation. But before we get into that, as a guy who played in the NFL, you know what today is, this cut-down day where you go from so many players to all of a sudden 53 men. And I know some guys get cut or waived, and they go through waivers, end up on a practice squad. But how much anxiety goes into today for a player? Well, I don't know for me because I, I never ran into the situation where I was on the chopping block. Right. Like in, in in terms of being, you know, a player. Like I was never in fear of my roster spot. Gotcha. Um, but but I did talk to some friends who were in that situation, and they it, it was very nerve nerve wracking. But it's more the lead up to it because you're counting every single rep that you get. You're seeing you're counting the uh, numbers, how many tight ends are we going to keep, how many wideouts, how many linebackers, all of this, because all of them got to add up to 53. Are we going to keep two quarterbacks? Are we going to keep one? And then the, the worst part about it is is that there are going to be some people today that that look like they make the team, and then other players will become available, and then they will be out in the cold in a couple of days. Like they will go from – making the team to not having him made it. Right, right, exactly. And that's what I've been kind of trying to tell everyone is just because this is the 53 right now does not mean this will be the 53 when the season opens. I mean, there's going to be some moving and shaking going on between now and then. And and as far as, uh, you know, practice, like you said, counting your reps, uh, there's been guys that the Raiders waived today that just weren't available, you know, they, they throughout their course of their career or even training camp. And if you don't get those reps in camp, you're, you're, you're fighting the battle for them. I mean, you're already basically saying, hey, I'm not available, and that stigma kind of sticks with you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm actually looking at this whole situation, and like one one of the things that I talked to a few players about prior to the season was that that you were going to have to have the vaccine if you were on the roster bubble, mm-hmm. like if you were not a clear cut bona fide starter then that was going to determine some some roster spot right. because we just saw with Cam Newton that he had, you know, a five day sit out for a quote unquote testing misunderstanding. And if you're a coach, can you can can you deal with that? What wondering if your player is going to be available, not just because if he gets COVID or not, but wondering if something small like either contact tracing or or, you know, uh, a misunderstanding with the testing procedures. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have your starting quarterback, your starting running back, your starting wide receiver, D-tackle, whatever it is. 
and coaches aren't going to be wanting to deal with that. And then when it comes to if you do get released, getting picked up by another team and you're not vaccinated, that changes the protocols and how long it takes for you to get in the building. So if you have two players who are either equal or close to equal and one can get in the building three or four days earlier than the other because of uh, protocols, who do you think they're going to pick up? Right. Exactly. They're picking up the guy vaccinated every time. Every time. It just yep. it, it makes sense, even though people don't want to hear it. It makes sense. It just it, it really does. We're talking right now with George Reister the third here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, George, I gotta get to this Bishop Sycamore situation and this this school that's not really a school that is a school with a team that's not really a team, but it is a team that's lined up all these big time opponents, including including Liberty High School, which is right here in our backyard in Henderson. How did we get here? How did we get here and how did they get on national TV last week against IMG? Well, we okay. So if it, like people are going to try to handle this in a vacuum and say, oh, the edges, but it, this is a bigger, a larger situation where you have like that. This started in in high school basketball. Mm-hmm. This is where they started, like going all the way back to when I was in high school playing big, big time high school basketball. You play against. You know, like the schools now, like the Mount Mount Verde, the uh, Mount Zion that Tracy McGrady went to, right. even Oak Hill. Even though even though Oak Hill is a little bit different, but you you have these schools who are literally their entire enrollment was the basketball program. You would you would have ten to fifteen students, quote unquote students, in the in the school, and they spend you know six hours a day playing basketball and either no school or a couple out <clears throat> so so the whole point like you, you you would have these schools that are you know 10 to 15 kids and it's the whole program and like they're not giving them the type of education that they really need they are kind of just passing them them through they're looking and then now with the tv money available you have these schools, you, you, you know, the, these prep schools, as they call them, they're popping up all over the place out mm-hmm. here in California. There was a lot more on the East Coast, but now it's trickled down to football a, a, as well. And, you know, they have these, quote-unquote, academies where where you are supposed to, you know, do all these great things. And these kids at Bishop Sycamore, first thing is, nobody can even find a Bishop Sycamore. And the reason why that that's important is because these are usually Catholic uh, schools that are tied into um, re- religious organizations or churches, and named after uh, bishops or saints or something in the in the past. Nope, there's no Bishop S- Sycamore. And then the other thing is is that this is only their second year in existence. Prior to that, they were a school called COF, and. And then when they changed to Bishop Sycamore, they recruited all these kids, a lot of them who weren't even eligible, which doesn't even make sense, um, because they weren't even high school age anymore. They had them sleeping in hotels, not paying for the hotels, not supervising them. It was a, it, it was literally like Lord of the Flies for for them, and it was it's a it's a really really bad situation, and the adults are the ones who promised them. They told them that they were going to put them on Netflix, you know, like a last chance you kind of deal before high school. 
And all the lies, all the promises came up to what we saw on Sunday, which was a bunch of nothing. Wow. that's Yeah, and that, that's unfortunate. I'm glad you said that about the prep schools because uh, my son just went through the whole recruiting period. And, of course, with, with COVID, it's, it was different. And there was many prep schools that were trying to get him to go there to play ball, play basketball. And, oh, let's just re-enlist you as a 2022 kid. And it was everything that you said. We promise you we'll get you all these D1 offers. Well, anyway, long story short, now he's going to go to Western Oregon, which is D2. But I'd much rather him be there than be at a prep school. I think it makes all the sense in the world. And, you, I mean, you'll be found. If you're good enough, they'll find you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't think that, oh, that, yeah. that prep role is the way that you need to go. Well, well, if you, if you do go to a prep school, then you need to go to a reputable one. Right. Like, some, like, you, like you can't just go to these ones that people are going to pop up and trust them across the country with, with your child and think that they're going to do right by them because they're – they're not. They're opportunists. Mm-hmm. So, if, so if you do want to do the prep school thing, you you just have to make sure that it's that that you investigate your your school the same way that you would investigate a doctor if they were going to do plastic surgery on you, or if they were going to do, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, a, a dentist, or right. if they were going to take care of your baby. Like that. That's the way that you need to investigate these prep schools. Right, absolutely, no doubt about it. We're talking to George Reister the third right now. My man Devon, I know he's got a couple questions that he wanted to ask you about this school. Go ahead, Devon. Well, before I get into my question, I want to point out here in Vegas there was a school called Finley Prep, and it produced like a bunch yep. of NBA players, like um, Anthony Bennett, the former yeah. number one pick, Tristan yeah. Thompson, and being like I went to high school in Vegas, I would always think, where's Finley Prep? Didn't have a school as of 2010. Didn't even have a school. So it's just one of those like, oh, when he mentioned basketball, I was like, oh, he's right. I do remember Finley Prep. They have yeah. since disbanded. But um, back to my yep, question. It, 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 exactly. Real real schools don't pop up and disband that quickly. <laughs> that means that you're not educating people. Yeah, you can recruit some players. And, and, and remember, Finley Prep used to be on ESPN playing regularly. So, so somebody was pocketing those dollars. Mm. All right, now back to um, this Bishop School here. Um, Andre Peterson, he was the founder of the school. Um, he also was a coach, but so he's the founder and the director. And it seems like he's just trying to throw um, the head coach under the bus because he fires the head coach. But if he's the founder and the director, how does he still have a job of this scam of a school? Roy what Johnson, that was the name of the coach. What do you mean? How does how does he still have a job? He founded it, and he's the director. <laughs> it's his. Fire, fire himself? He can't fire himself. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, so I'm going to give you a prime example. Um, uh, John, um, John, John Elway in Denver, right? He had done a very, very poor job as g- general manager, particularly drafting on offense. So then he starts to get a little, little heat. And what does he do? He doesn't fire himself. He gave himself a promotion. So, like, he put him above the general manager and then went and hired a general manager. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, you can't <laughs> fire yourself. Right. If, if, I mean, I mean it, would, it would be like Mark Davis, who owns the Raiders now, saying, oh, man, they, l- l- listen, man, this owner's doing a terrible job. I should fire him. <laughs> and you're like, 
okay, what do you foul? Right, right. Can't fire yourself. That's true. Jer- Jerry Jones said he would have. He said Jerry Jones said he would have fired the Jerry Jones, the GM. <laughs> so, you know, but Jerry, Jerry's a different cat. And, and, George, before we let you go, and, and this is great, I'm assuming, like I said, uh, Liberty's on the schedule for this uh, Bishop Sycamore school. I'm assuming that's never going to get to that point. They're never going to be able to play all these games. No. No, man. But but uh, what what uh, week are they supposed to play them? It was it was late in the season, I believe it was late, yeah, late in, in October. Yeah, late in October. Oh man, hey hey man, my uh, son's school may uh, have a have a open open date like week week nine. So uh, call 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 Sierra Canyon, and we might be able to set up a game game against Liberty, man. There you go. There you go. Look, look at that. We're doing it on the fly here on the year. I like it, man. We're setting <laughs> up games, and that's how it is. I mean, these guys got to find school uh, teams to play now because they were duped into playing Bishop Sycamore, and and like you said, man, well, just, just a big and scam. The big, and, the, and the biggest thing is you were like, so they only had two home games. And you're like, where the hell are they supposed to play these home games? First thing. Because they, cause they have no home. And then the second thing is they were supposed to play like seven away games. How are they supposed to get to the away game? Right. How? Right. If, if they aren't paying for the hotels and all this stuff, dude, they were going to have these dudes like like sh- uh, shipped over, you know, like uh, like like they were being trafficked. Like, you, you know, in like right. the back of vans and all of this. It would have been very inhumane guarantee yeah no it's supposed to be october 15th that's when they were supposed to play liberty so uh cl- clearly that's not going to happen so you know may have to may have to uh, li- sign something up and line something up but george we definitely appreciate your time uh what you got coming out man you do so much you cover so much uh the all your shows unafraid show of course uh mad dog radio fox sports uh, what you got coming up that uh, that we need to be on the lookout for oh man well we uh have a big project in the uh works i can't can't, can't quite talk about it yet, but 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 if you guys follow me on Twitter at yep. George Reister and listen to me on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 10 p.m. Pacific Monday through Friday, and then Fox Sports Radio on Sundays at two o'clock, and then the Reister or Wrong podcast and the Pac-12 Apostles podcast as well. Man, I'm over I'm I'm, I'm over here. I'm like I'm like a Jamaican man. <laughs> no no lazy bum. <laughs> job. That's right. Hey, that's how it's got to be. You got to grind, right? If, if you don't, you'll, you'll yep. get left behind. So I respect the hustle, man. Keep grinding. We're following you on Twitter, so we'll keep up with you. And, and we uh, look forward to having you back on the show soon. All right, cool. All right, thanks. Thank you so much. George Rice to the third right there. No lazy bum from him. I like that. And he's right, man. That's what the name of the game is. If you're not if you're not working one angle, working another angle, I mean, we see it every day with JT the Brick, who's also does the Mad Dog Radio Show. I mean, we we see it all the time. These, you gotta hustle, man. You gotta. Uh, that's how you stay relevant in the game, man. You've got to have many outlets, and, and and if you don't, you will get left behind. So many thanks to George, who does a hell of a job. I definitely appreciate him. Three eighteen is the time when we come back. Uh, let's see. We'll take a couple calls. Let's do this. Let's take a couple calls. We'll take a break, and then we'll get to our, our conversation uh, with Wes Pacheco, the head coach there at, at Mojave. So uh, let's do that. You want to do that next? You want to do that? No, no. I want, I want to just go to break and come back straight with coach. Oh, that's what you want to do? Yes. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> Overruled, Q. Hey, look, Raider Nation, get mad at DeMond. He made the call. 318 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Coach Wes Pacheco, Mojave High, the Rattlers. He's the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week. We'll talk to him next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q.
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Last week, we kicked off the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week Award. Brant Smith from Desert Oasis, he won. And this week, we have the Week 2 winner on the phone line right now, Coach Wes Pacheco from Mojave High School, the Rattlers. And, Coach, first of all, congratulations, my man. Congratulations on winning the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week Award. And on top of that, congratulations on your team coming up with a a hard-fought victory. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's been a... It's been it's been a monkey off of everybody's back here uh, here at Mojave the Mojave football program and we uh we're just excited that we get to play football it's been a uh, it's it feels like we've been practicing for a while here but it's you know we, we, it's it's just just the beginning so so we're excited that we get to still improve and get better here absolutely and it, it almost looked like you weren't going to get a chance to play on Friday night with the the bus being late to pick you guys up and the game uh the lights click off at 10 o'clock and then the game doesn't end till 11 I mean there was a a lot of uh, hurdles that you guys had to overcome your team overcame on Friday night uh what went into the mindset how did how were you able to just kind of keep the guys even killed and just go out there and play a football game and forget about the adversity well I'll be honest and I, and I think every every coach probably in the country can say this is I think that adversity is what defines this season when it comes to the COVID guidelines that, that we got to follow uh, when it comes to helping these kids get reintegrated with grades, right. Uh, being a student athlete. I mean, man, we we're overworked on a daily basis. We're overcoming, uh, you know, adversity. So when something like that happened, we, you know, we first of all, you know, we try and teach our boys, Hey, let's have always have a glass half full mentality. You know, uh, you know, our, our program is about, staying positive, moving forward, you know, and, and, and we're going to do the right thing always. So when that happened, we kind of, you know, we kind of non-verbally gave everybody a look and they, they gave us a look, you know, we, we kind of have that relationship with the boys and we're like, all right, and we, we'll roll with the punches and, 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 and let's be steady and let's not worry about this. Somebody got to pick us up, right? <laughs> got, we, we're going to the game somehow, you know, so we just going to be patient. So we waited a little while, you know, it, it got figured out and, uh, and, and and we found we found a ride up there, you know, as uh, and and it was a, an a tribute to the the program philosophy and culture that I think we're trying to establish here in Mojave, which is which is we can't have any excuses, you know. Let's stick together always. Let's do the right thing. There's a saying, there's a saying that we always tell our kids: take care of the things that take care of you, and uh, let's not worry about the things we can't control. And that was something we couldn't control. So we're proud of the boys, you know. Uh, we took a gamble. We kept them in the AC. We said, let's just not do anything. You know, uh, let's just stay loose, keep our mind right, and then hey, we'll show up. We'll show up and play football. If it's if it's 10 p.m., and let's roll out there, suit up and play. You know, and 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 that's what happened, man. It was fun, and you know, those kind of nights with adversity ends up being fun nights. You know. Right. No, you're you're right about that. And coach, that's a that's a great attitude to have. And especially, I mean, coaches and players are, are creatures of habits. And so usually you guys have a set routine and want to do everything on time and and, you know, always just kind of boom, boom, boom in a row. But uh, to have that kind of mentality and be able to, to reflect that to your players and have that mentality as well. That's impressive. I mean, it really is, coach. And and uh, you guys had a, a, a tough fought victory over Sunrise Mountain, 21 uh, 14. How about how about the defense at the end of the game there where they had an opportunity to tie that game up? You, you're, they were in the red zone, and, and your team held them out. How big was that for your defense to bow their necks and not allow them in the end zone? Oh, I mean, I mean, we, we, we stick to the adage and t- teaching these boys about, about toughness and, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. You know, for as much mistakes as we made, our, again, our, our young men had the opportunity at, at the end. We told them, man, this is an opportunity to make a stop here. Uh, and they stepped up, you know, they, they was big for us. You know, we uh offensively, 
we we made a little mis we made the beginning of the season mistakes, you know, uh, with with some turnovers, and our defense kept rising to the occasion. You know, they're having fun out there, they're playing for each other, that they're they're playing fast, playing hard, and you know, I mean, any football coach that that's kind of what they want, right? So, right. Uh, so 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 we love their mentality, you know, their mentality and our culture is what allowed them to finish that series, and and that, that was a good learning learning lesson for us. It was like, you know, we can call all the plays in the world. And if we don't have the right mentality and if we don't stick to our culture, our philosophy, man, none of it's gonna work. So it was a it was a great teaching moment for us. And it just so happens we made the stop, right? The, to me, the stop was icing on the cake. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no doubt about it. We're talking right. right now with Coach Wes Pacheco from Mojave High. Uh the Rattlers came up with the victory over Sunrise Mountain on Friday night and and you took home the airspace showdown trophy. How special was that for your team to do that as well? It, uh for us, it's special, you know, as as a as a as a new program in terms of in terms of a new culture, new staff. You know, one of my missions is, is to make Mojave elite. You know, I I I intend to be, I intend to be the next Liberty, the next. Uh, I don't, you know, this is only my third year here in Vegas. I, I came from Hawaii, so I don't know too much of the outside teams. My my ignorance actually helps me out because I don't know who who we're playing every week. But right, <laughs> right. But we want to be. We, we, we want to be one of the elite teams. We want to have rivalry games. We want to travel out of state. You know, we want to do the things that makes the program great. And we have every intention to work hard to get there. We think we think here at Mojave, uh, we're next. You know, you know, who, you know, Goldberg, WWE SummerSlam, same thing. Who's next? You know, that's our mentality is it's, let's be that. Let's be that team. Let's yeah. strive to be that program. So rivalry game. We love it. It, uh, it was a non-conference game that meant something. And, and we played hard. You know, it, it gave us that playoff that playoff game feel that, that we need to prep us for for hopefully the, the postseason. So far, you're off to a 2-0 start. You know, the Rattlers are looking pretty good. Again, you said early early season, still, you know, trying to grow and, and you make some mistakes, but you've been able to overcome them. What do you need to see from your team the next two games before district play, before before league games start? I mean, you know, it's, it's to me, football is a simple game. We uh, so, so, so we need to be a little cleaner, obviously, and I, I think that goes for – just, just watching some of the games around the league, and I'm pretty sure just go just football in general is you know some messy football going on. Cause a lot of these kids didn't play football for a while, uh, so, so we got to clean up our play. You know, uh, um, we're still our our new kids are still learning how much effort, just how much effort and energy it takes to play hard. You know, right. and 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 we've we've em- emphasized that let's play hard first. We'll clean up the mistakes as we go along, and then I'm a true believer of always trying to be the bully. You know, I, I, you know, I, uh, my, my, my players laugh at me when I say that. They go, Coach, don't say that. But I go, you know, it's a mentality. We're not trying to be a bully, but, you know, we want to get off the ball and be and hit first. You know, we, we want to gang tackle. Right. You know, we want to run hard. You know, our running backs, you better run hard. You know, it, it should take four, five, six guys to take you down if you're running. You know, so all those little, little things that I think makes the team successful. That's what we got to work on the next two games. Uh, and, and we have a chance to do that, you know. And again, it, it's just it's we're just lucky and blessed that we're two and zero right now. You know, uh, we still got a lot of work to do. You know, and and you mentioned just being blessed to have the opportunity to even play football. What was that like for the players when they didn't have a, a twenty twenty because of COVID? And they weren't able to play, uh, you know, and then being able to come back and play this year. How 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 much how, how happy were they to be able to be on the fi- on the field in general this year? You know, to to me, I, I think I think a lot of a lot of these kids just miss the the routine and habits that that you that you develop and 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 do especially when you play high school athletics in particular football right. you know football is a year on sport 
I don't I don't think people realize that that it's a uh, you, you know you, players are playing and coaches is coaching maybe 10 months out of the year you know and it's a grind and and for kids to not be able to do that you know I I think that's what gravitates kids into the, the the game of football and the love for it is because it is a process there is there is a reward for hard work if you put that hard work in so if anything I think some of our seniors especially and some of our juniors are are, are the group that did have played in the past is they appreciate the routines again they just they just feel blessed that they get to come in and work you know for example we're in our bye week this week yeah and I asked our captains you know what uh, how should we practice you know I, I kind of give them some ownership we sit down, chit chat. Say, should we? How you guys want to practice? And they're like, Coach, let's keep practicing. Let's get better, you know. So I was like, Say no more. You know, this is your guys' team. Let, let, let's roll with it, and 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 we'll follow you. You know, we'll follow what you guys want. You know, so that's what I'm excited about the most is they get to go back to a, a sound routine, allow them to build those good habits that that football teaches them from the get go. Right. It, it teaches not only you know not only just good habits, but you know just raising young men into being uh, adults, you know, and so uh, I always say how important uh, high school football is, not only for, you know, the, the young men and women that may be out on the field, but for the community as well. H how important is this football team for the Mojave community? Uh, I think it's important. You know, I, uh, the, the one thing me and my staff noticed is our first, our first home game two weeks ago against Valley is, uh, man, we just had a great turnout. We, uh, we, we, we heard from our admin and from, from community members that they've never seen this much people come out to our games, wow. you know, a, a football game before. So just the energy in the stands and the, you know, we just heard nothing but positive, positive cheering and positive reinforcement from players to, to, to parents, parents to players, community came out. You know, when you see community members that have no, no relatives playing on the team, then you know, you do something right. Cause the community just wants to come out and support. So we're excited about that. Uh, I, I also think that, um, how we're also allowing allowing a hundred or more of our Mojave kids to display their character and their goodwill and the things that they're doing great to their community, right? So they're representing themselves, right? Their family and community. So, so that's part of the mission. That's part of the mission of a of a football program, especially in high school. I'm pretty sure at any level, high school, college, or pros, is is part of that is, is, is showcasing what your program is all about, and we're going to continue to do that. I bet you, Coach, that your your players love to play for you. <laughs> I just I get that sense that they enjoy playing for you and, and just your mentality and, and your approach and the way you're teaching. And uh, it's just I, I'm ready to suit up for you, but I don't have no eligibility. So <laughs> I can't I can't do it now. Coach, I mentioned that you were the Tom Flores uh, High School Football Coach of the Week. You're the recipient of the award. How important is it for the Raiders to be in this Las Vegas community in general and, and be involved in the community like they? are uh, with the Tom Flores award you know it's 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 incredible I uh, I you know I'm I'm from Hawaii you know I, I I wear my culture on my sleeve and I'm proud where I'm from and so, so I've never had the privilege to live in a city where there's a professional team so I, I, I'm seeing it firsthand just as a spectator and as a member of the community just the outreach that the Raiders the the, the influence that that a professional sports team like the Raiders has you know the and 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 it's not just them donating or anything, but it's right. just the little goodwill things that they do, uh, acknowledgement of the community, making them feel like they're a part of the process, they're, they're a part of the Raider family. Uh, that's the one thing I like about the Raiders is, they, is it's, it's really a family-oriented program where you feel like you're part of the family, you know. Uh, you, you might not be a fan of the Raiders, but because you live in Vegas and you're part of that family, you know, uh, 
And that's what I love about it. I mean, that's what I love about football in general, right? Is, man, when you play football, you're part of a family. You know, that's going to be your brothers for the rest of your life. And you kind of get that, kind of catch that vibe with the Raiders, you know? You kind of feel like, oh, man, I better buy a ticket because that's, that's my family right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It, it sure right. is. And, Coach, I, I love the fact that, you you know, you wear your culture on your sleeve being there from Hawaii. And I'm new to the area as well. But as I as I have, you know, dove into the community, I've learned so much that, you know, this is the Ninth Island. They call it the Ninth Island. You know, there's a lot of uh, representation here. Uh, how do you feel? But just, you know, how have you felt like you just kind of came in and fit right in into the community here as well? Oh yeah, I, I I love the Las Vegas community. You know, we're we're a mel- uh, you know I I tell you know I'm a teacher also, so I tell my students here at Mojave High School and even our players that they are lucky in a sense. Uh, Las Las Vegas is kind of a melting pot. You know, yep. there's a mixture of cultures, mixture of different values that that I think that I think you don't get uh, uh, anywhere else. You know, I I compare it to Hawaii. I think that's why Las Vegas is called the Ninth Island because there's some there's some culturally there's some similarities in terms of just us being being lucky to live amongst different cultures, different ideas, and and you know you're making you know you you have the ability to, uh, to establish great friendships with people that you wouldn't establish friendships with, right? Uh, so I'm blessed and feel lucky. I have two daughters, you know, and, and my wife, and we're just happy to be in the community. Uh, I, I I give credit to my my friend got me over here. He's my he's my associate head coach, uh, Coach Kenneth Rossi. So he, so he's he got he got me on board up here and me and him is from Hawaii and, and we're just blessed to share our culture but also take in everybody else's culture and, and let everybody know that man we're just one family. Let's 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 do what we love and and uh and establish great relationships, man. That's what it's all about, you know. Yeah, it really is. We're talking to Coach Wes Pacheco right now from Mojave High here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, Coach, I just got a couple more questions from you, and I, I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. It's been so much fun talking to you. But you mentioned you don't have a, a game this week. It's a bye week. Uh, is there anything that you concentrate on a little bit more, or is it just, as you mentioned, just kind of practice as normal, just continue to keep, stay in that rhythm? Uh, you know, we, we, we got to work on our tempo, how, how, how we play in, in terms of, you know, we, uh, we run a balanced attack. I, mean, I, I love to run. We love to run the football on offense and we love to play great, stop the run on defense, play great front. So f- for us, it's just really shoring up the fine details. Uh, I think it's a big week for, for us coaching, for the coach, my coaching staff. You know, I tell, I tell our players, man, we don't just hold you guys up to a high standard. We hold each other up. So I think for this week, it's a big week for my coaching staff to kind of come together and see what is the adjustments we need to make. You know, does our, does our scheme fit our personnel? You know, what, what is some of the wrinkles we can put into our package to, to make us as dynamic as possible? Cause the bottom line is we do want to put our kids in the best position to succeed. You know, uh, so, so uh, as we, as we work through the schedule, it comes down to coaching, right? When you get into the postseason and the end of the season. Uh, so we're, we're excited for the bye week to be this early because we can start, we can start brainstorming and being, you know, I like to call it coaches, coaches during bye week become like mad scientists, you know, kind of <laughs> hide in a, hide in a dark room and try and figure stuff out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that's kind of what we're trying to do is, is, is trying to see, okay, is there anything we can figure out to make us better? You know? So I think that's, that's our goal this week. Right. Absolutely. Coach. And final question for you. Uh, you got Boulder city a couple Fridays from now. What are your expectations? What are the challenges that they present? Uh, boy, to be honest, I've never seen them play yet ever. Nice. <laughs> That's that I, ignorance you, know, you were talking about. <laughs> it, 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 this season, it's like ig- ignorance is bliss. You know, yeah. I, uh, all, all I know is 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 from what I've heard is they're gonna play hard, 
you know, I tell our kids, they're going to strap up just like us. They're going to play hard. You know, we, we got to come out and execute now. Now we will, we will eventually go out and get film. You know, that is, that is an important aspect, but uh, you know, for me, it's simple. We're going to, we're going to establish our, we're going to, we want to establish being the bully, being the, being the most physical team, you know, and, and we'll go from there. You know, we want to play that physical style of football where we dictate tempo and we dictate how hard we play. We, we never let another team decide how hard we play, right? We can make that decision and then we'll go from there uh, and then have fun. You know, uh, I, I, I want our kids to have a little, put a little bit of a, more of a smile on their face uh, because we're playing football, you know, right. <laughs> why, not enjoy, why not enjoy what you're doing, you know? So we're trying to find the happy medium where we're, establishing discipline and 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 we, we got we were challenging them every day but also telling them man look around you man you're blessed to play football here Let, let's go get it you know let's go get it and have some fun so so that's what we're excited about next week is going back out there and, and doing what we love you know absolutely coach well this is this has been a blessing i really enjoy catching up with you this afternoon talking all things uh mojave football talking some life talking about help raising young men you know and this is this is awesome and this is what it's all about so congratulations again tom flores high school football coach of the week of course you're in the running now to be the high school football coach of the year but i know for you it's more importantly you just want to lead these men in the right direction and help them be great citizens in the community and, and have some fun along the way Yes, yes, and then um, the mission will never end. We will keep doing it, even when the season ends. Right. It ain't going to stop, right? Absolutely. Well, congratulations, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Good luck a couple weeks from now. We'll be talking soon. All right, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. There he goes. Greatness right there. Coach Wes Pacheco from Mojave High. The Rattlers came up with the 21-14 victory over Sunrise Mountain on Friday night. Overcame some adversity, but as Coach said, hey, no, not a big deal. Uh, just go ahead and get it done. Go out there and play some football. Uh, really great catching up with Coach Pacheco there. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as well. This is just week two of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. You'll hear the winner each and every week here on this show at 320 every single Tuesday as we highlight the community because that's what it's all about. The Raiders want to highlight the community, and we want to highlight the community here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll come on back, close out the show, and appreciate all the time that uh, Coach Pacheco gave me. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. All right, this is how we get down, man. 342 is the time. Just have a few minutes left in today's show. Many thanks to Mojave High. Uh, head football coach Wes Pacheco for joining me in that last segment to talk all things about the Rattlers victory uh, coming away with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week award as well. I think that was awesome. So uh, many thanks to him. But I also want to hook you up. I want to hook up uh, everyone in Raider Nation because, well, we got the hookup around here, so I'm trying to share the love as well. Got multiple things that I want to give out right now. So I'm going to give you the option. Raider Nation, hit me up at 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200. Got the UNLV Eastern Washington game coming up on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. I believe I got a four-pack of tickets for these. Four tickets. If you want them, I'm looking for caller number nine. But that's not it. Before you pick up the phone and call, 
Also, we have the Terry Bradshaw show that's going down. And Terry Bradshaw is, uh, he actually does comedy and he's actually pretty damn funny. Uh, it's a really good show that's happening. It's not happening until December, but we have tickets for you right now. And Demond can give you all the details. So you got your option. It's either or. You can have the UNLV tickets for Thursday, or you can have tickets to the Terry Bradshaw show. The Terry Bradshaw show is a pair of tickets, and UNLV is a four-pack of tickets. So let us know. 702-365-9200. Call number nine. You get your pick. It's like you walk into a, a, a toy store, and you get hooked up with whichever one you want. It is all good. Hit us up right now. 702-365-9200. Looking for caller number nine. Now, I also want to get to some of these text messages that we have Throughout the course of the show, lots of good stuff. I definitely appreciate any time you reach out on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Got one text from Keith from Sonora, Cali. Some cats are funny. Happy when they released Joseph a couple years back. Now pissed that he got cut today. You got to love Raider fans. That's from Keith and Sonora. And bottom line with Carl Joseph, man, I like the guy. I just don't think that the player was up to snuff. I didn't think he was up to snuff when the Raiders released him the first time. And he ended up going to Cleveland, and he played one year in Cleveland. And I remember he made a play. He, I think he had an interception or a couple pass breakups. So he made a couple plays, and, it's, and all of a sudden Twitter just blew up. See? That's why I should have never got rid of Carl Joseph. Like he was, a, he was a decent player. He was never great. He was a decent player, and, and that was it. So uh, that, was a really good, uh, that was a really good text, Keith. I definitely appreciate that. Mailman Raider hit us up as well. Raider Nation is complaining like they are at every practice seeing every detail. Relax. Teamer showed some fight, pun intended, and has history with Bradley. Smoke showed nothing. Now I'm just waiting on that third running back news. Also, is Tom really trying to stay positive? LOL. He's pretty negative. That's from Mailman Raider. Uh, thank you for that. I do appreciate that. Uh, what else did we get? William, out to 530. Says, I didn't see the carrier cut coming. But other than that, pretty much as I thought it would play out. But the feeling I get is that Gruden is definitely not done bringing guys in. I still see him bringing in a linebacker, O-lineman, and maybe a solid, a solid blocking tight end. Uh, I see that as well. And, yeah, the roster, I'll tell you that quick, fast, and hurry. The roster, just because it's at 53 right now, is not necessarily going to be the 53 that's going to suit up September 13th, that first game of the season. I mean, there's going to be a lot of moving. There's going to be a lot of different transactions that will happen between now and then for the Raiders and for every team in the league as they're trying to really go through the waiver wire with the fine-tooth comb and find the players that they feel best fit what they're doing. And this is why, this is a perfect example of why teams will bring in a player during the draft process and interview them. And they'll meet with them, even though sometimes you look at it and say, there's no way that that, that team's going to have an opportunity to draft that guy. Or there's no way that, that, that that's who's going to get picked. They want to be familiar with these guys because if a situation like this happens and there's guys that, have, that were drafted this year that have been released, plenty of guys that were drafted this year that have been released, they could say, hey, we had this interview with him back then. Let's, let's go back and look at our notes and see what they say. That's why they do that. A lot of times fans will complain about, why are they wasting their, their, their draft uh, interviews with this guy? There's no way that he's going to be around for them to, to, uh, you know, to, to select. Well, you never know what's going to happen. It could happen that year, or it could happen, happen a couple years from the time of the draft. Oh, yeah, remember we liked him back in 2019? Oh, well, now he's available. Let's, let's go try to get him. That's exactly why they do that. Uh, Mailman Raider shouted out again. He says, shout out to Javen White. Even if he gets put on IR, they liked him enough to give him a spot. If he gets on put on if he gets put on IR along with Morrow, I think we see Regis and Stoner uh, or Turner back on the 53-man roster. That's from Mailman Raider. Tom responded again. Tom is always good on uh, on the text line, and you do appreciate it, Tom. 
He said, Nelly having a career year isn't saying much. Yeah, Crab had good seasons. He was option number one. Nelly was second option. Brown was only ever going to be third at best. That's from Tom. I'll say this. Nelly proved to be the best wide receiver option for Derek Carr. Now, Darren Waller is going to be number one no matter who's on the opposite side of him. But Nelly ended up being the number one target as far as wide receivers go. And I know a lot of Raider Nation thought that Henry Ruggs was going to be that dude because he was selected number 12 overall. Nelly ended up being that guy. Anytime that it was a wide receiver that he was looking for a wide receiver, he was looking for Nelly. They developed a really good relationship early, and that's what it was. John Brown was never going to be Nelly, in my opinion. And then Tom also said, with the unproven offensive line, check down uh, Drake and Waller. There's maybe six targets left a game. Maybe Ruggs uh, goes to 60 targets. Doubt it, Tom. And again, that's Tom always uh, as positive as possible. <laughs> so it's always good. Uh, we appreciate, like I said, appreciate uh, all the feedback that we get uh, each and every each and every show by way of the text line or the phone line. Of course, uh, 702-365-9200. Right now, Demon is feverishly going through the text line or the uh, the phone line trying to get a winner for either the Terry Bradshaw tickets or the UNLV tickets. And please believe we're going to have UNLV tickets every day. Not only that, we're going to have UNLV tickets for every home game that they have throughout the course of the season. So we we got plenty of hookup for you right now. And I know DeMond's got something he's got to get off his chest. What's going on over there? I see you feverishly working, man. You worked up a sweat Ooh. over there. We do have a winner. <laughs> okay. For the UNLV tickets. His okay. name's Kevin. Kevin chose UNLV. You want to get Kevin on the air? Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? How's, how's Kevin doing this afternoon? And, and welcome to the show, Kevin. How you doing? Doing good. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. No doubt, no doubt, my man. Where are you calling us from? I'm calling you from Henderson. Okay, okay, no doubt. And uh, what are your thoughts on UNLV this season? They got Eastern Washington first up. You'll be at that game. But what are your thoughts on the UNLV game? Man, that, I I hope they play as good as the Raiders do. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of hold on. Hold on. You make me laugh there. Hold on. <laughs> Hey, I, I got to tell you, I think letting Carl Joseph go, I don't know, man. I thought that vet, veteran presence was uh, was going to be good for the for the young safeties, but right. man, man, I, I got you. I, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of Raider Nation that feel the same way, and I'll say yeah, this: that, I'll, there, was, there was definitely a lot of surprises, but you know, let's let's roll with the 52 we got, man. Right, right. I'll say this about Carl Joseph: I believe that if it wasn't for uh, the youngsters that are behind them, Gillespie and Teamer, I don't think that he would have been let go, but I think that they have enough belief in those two guys where they feel like they were. it was okay to make him expendable. Yeah, we're young back there, but let's see what happens. Hopefully hopefully Bradley can coach these guys up, man. Yeah, no doubt about it, my man. Thank you for the call, and, and, and congratulations on the tickets. Enjoy the game on Thursday. Thanks, Q. All right, no problem. There he goes. Uh, another winner calling out of Henderson. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, good stuff right there. Now we are going to get Vinny Bonsignor on from uh, In the Huddle. He's going to come up for the next, uh, what is it, uh, 50 minutes? Is that what we're calling it? Is it a 50-minute show or is it a long show today? I forgot already. No, let's just say, yeah, the next 50 minutes. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, man, what's happening? How you doing this afternoon? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing all right, man. We're trying to navigate through the water. Uh, we're trying to figure out all these cuts and releases and waves and all this good stuff. And uh, there's a few that stood out to me as kind of surprises. But for the most part, it, it almost went as business as usual. Yeah. And, you know, that's not a bad thing uh, if you're if you're the Raiders. I think, that, you know, John Gruden and Mike Mayak have done a pretty good job building this team. Uh, there were some injury glitches uh, that, you know, they have to deal with because they don't want to lose certain guys for the full season. So you had to make room for Nicholas Morrow, maybe Jalen Richard, uh, obviously uh, Javin White, maybe Keyshawn Nixon, guys that they want 
around for the long haul, uh, but want to also have the flexibility to bring back at this point. So, you know, that's an important distinction to make that before you could put anybody on IR, they have to start the season today, tomorrow on the 53 man roster. That means having to release coveted players to make room for the guys that you're going to put on IR here uh, in the next day or so, and then bringing those players back if they clear waivers. So it's a little bit of a high wire act. Right. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, don't, don't read uh, everything into this 52 man roster plus Denzel Perryman, who hasn't showed up yet on the 53 man, but he's, you know, that's imminent as, as well. So uh, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation uh, over these next 48 hours and don't rule out uh, some, some, you know, guys that, ended up on I or excuse me on 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 uh, the waiver wire from other teams maybe an offensive lineman uh maybe a, a, a strengthening that linebacker room uh, as well right exactly and, and the other thing about it is I don't, I don't expect guys there's a few guys on the waiver that have been waived by the Raiders that I do expect them to try to re- get back on the practice squad but like you said you know you gotta uh they gotta clear waivers so it's, it's kind of one of those cross your fingers and and hope that they don't get picked up but uh, they might. They might get picked up, but that's a, that's the gamble that you take. But I think there's a few guys that are waived that I could see the Raiders bringing back on the practice squad, no doubt about it. Well, I think a bunch of those guys uh, are, are out there. But who uh, of the players that they cut do you feel like have to be on that 53-man roster? I don't see that there's anybody that has to be there. Maybe a third running back, uh, depending on what happens with Jalen Richard, um, you know, with, with his injury. But right. um you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm wondering, I think that there's some guys that are going to make the good, that they're going to be signed back to the 53-man roster. Um, but I but I also think they're keeping an eye out for some other players that could, you know, uh, be, be available to them on the waiver wire or maybe even in a trade uh, that some of those roster spots that they're, you know, preserving right now uh, in order to get the, uh, the the guys that we mentioned onto the IR the flexible IR, I, I just wonder, like, I guess what I'm asking you is, of the guys that got cut today, who do you feel has to be on that 53-man roster? Well, I, I don't know if has to is, is the right words, but I think right. that I, I think that Trey Regis and Jimmy Morrissey are two guys that stood out to me as as guys I expected to either make the, make the uh, yeah, well, make the 53. I, I thought that those two guys were going to make it. Yeah, and as we've talked about before, um, it's really 57 spots because right. of the pra- of the 16 players on the practice squad, um, four you can protect. They're essentially on your roster uh, because you have protection of, or, of of them. So I could see Morrissey uh, being a guy that fits into that category, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe one of those running backs uh, as, as well. But uh, but that's that's going to be uh, worth keeping an eye on. And I don't know if we ever find out officially who's who's protected or not i guess we have to do some detective work uh to figure that out but but rather than get morrissey on the 53-man roster i almost think that it's better if he's on the practice squad as a protected player so that you can now develop him uh for future use right no i agree i agree with that 100 percent. and and so again when i was looking at that uh that kind of stood out to me um i think dj turner uh, stood out to me a little bit, but not really, if if that makes any sense. Uh, and I think I think Trey Regis had, had earned a spot, but again, I mean that's that also could go back to like you're saying the whole 57 uh, man and the four protected. I mean that that could he could end up being a protected one as well. Yes, and I think that he's probably. Uh, earmark for the 53 because I think Jalen Richard. I guess it all just depends on what on, on what the deal is with with Richard. Uh, if if you know if they feel like they can get through. You know, whatever his injury is, uh, if they feel like it's only going to be two weeks or two games that he's going to miss, um, you know, maybe maybe you, you you keep him on the 53-man roster uh, 
to, to minimize how many games he's going to lose. Because if you go on IR, uh, a minimum of three games you're going to have to miss. So maybe, you know, they feel like, hey, we could get through um, the first couple of games of the season or the first game of the season with Ingold, um, you know, with, with uh, Justin uh, or, or Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. and with Kenyon Drake and then bring back um, – you know, Jalen, when he's ready to, you know, have him on the 53-man roster, just don't dress him out for the games. Right. No, no doubt. And, and my final question for you, and then I'll pass the sticks on to you. I, I had my, my buddy Raider Allen, Georgia, hit me up and said, hey, uh, uh, John Brown asked for his release, so how does that how does that work with the the salary cap? Does he still uh, count against it? And as far as I'm concerned, his his, con- his contract was guaranteed, so he, he definitely counts against it, right? Well, uh, I'm trying to get clarity on that. I don't know if there is a distinction. If a player li- like literally asks for his release, does that mean the contract uh, becomes null and void, whatever they still owe him from this point? Now, there were roster bonuses that I think have already been paid out, so that's done mm-hmm. with. Right. Um, but there is a, a salary north of $1 million that you wonder. And that's the question that I'm asking. Do they get any relief on the salary? Because if it's a player initiated, um, I would think that clubs have some sort of recourse uh, in that kind of a situation so they're not, um, you know, obligated to eat money that the player just wanted to say, you know what, I'll take my chances uh, on the open market. Right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to scoot on out of here. I'm wondering if there's any recourse uh, in that regard. Well, I know as soon as you find out and you get a, a 100% official word, you'll let us know, and we definitely appreciate you. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor coming up next in the huddle right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Many thanks to everyone who was a part of the show today. Mandy Knight from uh, Fox 44 Sports in, in Central Texas, George Reister, uh, the third host of Reister or Wrong, Mad Dog Radio, Fox, Fox Sports, and then Coach Wes Pacheco, Mojave High School. He is the... Tom Flores, high school coach of the week. We do that each and every week here on Unnecessary Roughness on Tuesday. Uh, get the announcement of the, the coach and then also have the interview every Tuesday at 320 as we did today. So uh, fast and furious show as they always are. Vinny Bonson, yours coming up next in the huddle. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.